0: And if I would just, depending on my own reasoning and all of this stuff, I wouldn't have stopped, right? I would, I would have just said, this guy's no good. Just keep it going. But instead, in obedience, where he just says, open your mouth and I'll fill it. We just say by faith, hey, and then God opens the door. God does something.
1: Hey, Pantry fam. Are you looking for more faith-based podcasts, but you don't know where to go? The Access More Podcast Network has over 40 shows on topics like faith, culture, family, and entertainment, and offers a safe space to discover inspiring conversations. So if you're a fan of this show, you're going to find encouragement, hope, and joy from other podcasts on Access More. Start listening today at accessmore.com.
2: Hey, I'm Shay.
1: And I'm Michelle.
2: And you're listening to The Pantry Podcast. We're serving up Jesus, not junk food, for followers of Christ who don't want to just exist, but be challenged, sifted, and changed by the Word of God.
1: And this is Season 10, Go and Tell, and we're digging into the first half of the Great Commission to embolden you to share God's Word during these tumultuous times.
2: Join us and friends from 77 countries as we feast on spiritual nutrition.
1: You can even be a partner that keeps the show going. Support the show at patreon.com slash thepantrypodcast.
2: Now let's dig into the meal. All right. Hey, what's up?
1: Hi, man!
2: It is awesome to be here.
1: It's awesome that our daughter is like finally done with her long to-do list before bed, <laughs> and we like, we ended on time. It, it, it
2: is a miracle <laughs> sometimes that we just get her into bed. But no, it is awesome to be here. And you know, we, as we keep going through this uh, this this season, yeah. Of evangelism and getting out and sharing the gospel, mm-hmm. um, there's some there's some there's a very important aspect that we haven't touched on yet, and that is actually the pastors or the people who go out and start to plant churches. And I think it's really awesome. It makes me think of Peter when God says, you know, on this rock I will build my church, and the <laughs> what is it the the hell right was it gates of H- Hades shall not prevail yeah. against it. And yeah. it's like man, so we got the perfect guest. I was like, you know what? I know somebody. <laughs> I know somebody, and he's awesome. And I'm just going to let you bring him in because this is the perfect episode and the perfect topic for how he's going to bring this out and how the calling is and how we move forward in starting churches because that is a huge part in evangelism evangelism plays a huge role.
1: Yeah. So this is the very last guest of the season. And so if you've been sticking it out with us, we hope that you've been inspired. We have one more episode in the season, but this is a special case because since we know this awesome fellow that we're about to introduce, I told him all of the episodes because we prefaced this conversation with a pre-chat. He got to hear all the episodes that were coming up that hadn't aired yet. And then he prayerfully kind of figured out what was missing. And so For once, instead of saying, hey, let's talk about this, we were like, hey, (laughs) what's left to talk about? So Pastor Bailey Norman is actually the very first pastor that I heard preach at our current church that we've been at for nine years. So he must have done something right. Even though he was visiting um, our, our pastor, Pastor Kim, he was away doing, you know, something godly somewhere else. And so Pastor Bailey did the sermon and whatever he said was enough to be like, yep, that's the place for me. And uh, right now he is up in Massachusetts and he helped launch Greater Grace Christian Fellowship down here and then again up in Massachusetts. So you'll learn more about him as the episode goes on. But welcome, Pastor Bailey.
0: Yeah, welcome. Thank you so much. It's great to be with you guys.
2: Man, I, that for sure, yeah. I think the biggest thing yeah. that I've ever known about Pastor Bailey is that we stole his church name. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then we
1: renamed to cover our and, tracks. And
2: thank you that we merged with another church so that we could get away from so that. See, you
0: get away with it. We stole the logo, you stole the name and took the logo. Hey, what? you know what though?
2: Look, nothing out there is 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 I think copyrights are dumb anyways. We have a, we have a whole episode <laughs> no, that we went across that on that anyways. But hey, welcome to the show. And and you actually had an opportunity to go out. And we would love for you to kind of open this conversation up so that we can start breaking this down and having a conversation about this the church building. Yeah.
0: Man, it's great to be with you guys. I know we've been talking about this for years now and uh, we finally connected. So uh, I love what you guys are doing and uh, trying to catch up with this season, but I love it. I love the conversation. I love the challenge. I love the gracious encouragement in it all. So, uh, it's been great. Um, so, so I've been pastoring up here in Massachusetts for six years and, uh, I've had the opportunity to be a part of quite a few church plants in different places in the world. And, uh, it's exciting. You know, it's funny. I don't actually think so much about it, but then when I think about it, I'm like, wow, I've I've had the opportunity to be, to work with some amazing pastors and see some incredible things from the beginning. And, um, and I can tell you confidently that the beginning of everything we've ever done has been tons of evangelism. Uh, and this, this call of the great commission, if the church doesn't have it, then, then it's missing something pretty valuable. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean to, to talk about it, to think about it, it's not not something we have to come up with because it's our life and uh, it's what it's what we do, right? We go yeah. out and we we meet people and uh, we initiate these conversations with them. So, so um, what, is, what what is that? Our,
2: our, what does that look like in, in, in some ways? Because I know you you actually started our church as well. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. You were on that church plant. But when you move yeah. into an area or when you're called into that area, what are some of the logistics behind you, you know, moving into it? What are you looking for? What are you looking at? How does that play out?
0: Yeah, it's a it's an interesting thing because uh, you never know like what the spiritual climate is in places. And we pray, right? We pray and pray and pray that God would lead us to a place. But like there where you guys are, we, we just landed there on because there was a group of us in Bible college. You know, we're all 18, 19 years old, learning all this stuff and we're just looking for some way to apply it. And we found, we found your area. And we're like, man, this is an amazing place. Like it the setup was perfect where there was this area where everyone congregated right. from all walks of life, all different, all different things. And, uh, so we just showed up there one night and we found that it was open, really. We just started talking to people and started initiating conversations. And we found that there was like a spiritual hunger. So, mm-hmm. so we look for that. And, uh, you know, we look at the area, like, are there people a, right. Uh, <laughs> is there, is there an openness and like logistically could there be a church there? Um, so you know, and then we just, we just go in and we spend as much time as we can on the streets and going door to door, just meeting people. And, um, and things go from there. I don't, I don't know. Like there's no real formula. Right. So right. we meet, we meet people and we say, Hey, could we do a Bible study at your house? And they say, yeah, you yeah, actually, that would be cool. So there's another night where they're doing a Bible study at somebody's house. I don't know if you guys remember Sam and, uh, Sam Ebenezer and his wife yeah. and we, yeah, yeah, yeah. we, we yeah. did Bible studies in their house in the week. And then in the weekends we were doing Bible studies at the Methodist church. And, Just uh, people just started coming in. And honestly, we were surprised because here we are, you know, like I said, 18, 19, 20, uh, maybe I wasn't 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. And we're just out there preaching with passion and like meeting people and they're coming in the door. We're like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do now? (laughs) And then then, thank God, Pastor Kim came along and brought a little stability to our group. But uh, and then we joined his team, actually. So, yeah, um, yeah.
1: Now, based on what you said before we started the official interview, there is no you know, exact formula. It's not like every place you go, you, you start the exact same way. Um, but there is a key that is always kind of in play, and that's obedience. And so I wanted to kind of yeah. give you the floor to kind of lay, help people get a little perspective into that. Because, again, you know, last season, obey, obey him before anyone else. The word obey, hopefully for our Normal listeners, it's not as triggering anymore and and knee jerk reaction. And they're like, oh, yeah, I love that. But for anyone joining us, like after that season, um, give us give us a little bit of how this plays in and what it unlocks in a believer's life and in the lives of those around them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So um, this great commission you guys are talking about to go right. Go. And it's not it's not a suggestion it's not like this warm, fuzzy thing that Jesus says, you know, it'd be kind of cool if you, you know, maybe did this, like if you feel like it, but it's, it's just a straight up, Hey, go and make disciples. Like I'm not leaving you here to, uh, to just have a cushy life, but I'm actually leaving you here to testify of me and to, uh, and I'm giving you the authority. I'm giving you the power to go into this world and share a message that changes people's lives. So, I think obedience is is the big thing Um, that that as I take a step of faith in obedience, I find something happens. Right. Right. Like we can we always look for the, the checklist or we look for the method, but there's a lot in the Bible that just leaves it up to will you do it? Like I've said, it will you will you follow me in it? And we say, yeah, Lord, but we need to know the parameters, we need to know the limitations, we need to know the potential, we need to know what we're going to step in, we need to know you know how it's going to go. And He says that that wasn't the that wasn't the command; it was just to go, yeah. and that I would be the one who would be taking care of everything along the way. So this obedience opens the door for God to work, and uh, that's something. That you see throughout the book of Acts, especially if we talk about missions and evangelism, the book of Acts is like, I mean, this should be a movie. This should be a series. It's like (laughs) action packed. It is there's drama, there's intrigue, there's, you know, escapes, there's all kinds of stuff. It's amazing. But what you see every single chapter, what you see is simply men and women being obedient and in their obedience, God opened miraculous doors and does miraculous things like if you think about peter and john in acts chapter four walking up to the the beautiful gate for worship and there's a guy begging right he's asking for alms and they don't have anything to give him, seemingly right silver and gold i I don't have but what i do have i give to you and they just grab the guy by the hand and pick him up and he he lands on his feet like it's incredible but that doesn't happen if they're not going. Right. So the work, the miraculous work is God's to do. Like he has the plan. He has the people. He has the heart opened, but what he gives for me to do is obey. So he's not asking me to heal the lame. He's not asking me to bring the gospel into Spain or Macedonia. Like we'll see, but all he's asking me to do is take a step of faith and obedience and, uh, and watch him work. So I think, obedience opening the door for a miracle and a miracle opening a door for the gospel. Like that's what we see consistently through the book of acts, but it doesn't happen without this obedience.
2: That, that, that right there talks a lot of su- submission. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm completely stepping back, you know, not come, not like stepping back from moving. I, I like what pastor Shibley said one time and it actually bit him because I, all of a sudden I almost went to Arkansas with the, with our, with our <laughs> church plant out there. Cause he stood up there in one of the classes. He's like, don't just sit around, you know, you got to move and and God's going to open or close those doors. And then we were like, house was on the market. We were about to (laughs) head out to Arkansas. And I'm like, but you know, in that moment, I really was learning like the submittedness towards it. Like we're we're moving, but you're you're sitting. Does that make sense? It's like you're moving, but you're sitting at the throne of God and you're like, Hey, you know, it's, 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 it's that throne of grace. That's going to sustain me. So here I am, use me. And I like what you're saying about the obedience now where's some examples in Acts where we see this, where we see this call, where people start to move forward. You're you're talking about Acts. And I know we had discussed a little bit like Acts 16. What were you getting at when we were talking about that?
0: Yeah, so Acts chapter 16 uh, Paul's on a a missionary journey with Timothy and Silas and they're just blazing a trail, right? And they have a plan. They know where they're going to go. And um, it picks up here in in verse one. It says, then then he came to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman who believed, but his father was Greek. He was well spoken of by the brethren who were at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted to have him go with him, and he took him and circumcised him because he was of the Jews who were in the region, and they all knew that his father was Greek. And as they went through the cities, they delivered, them, they delivered to them the decrees, which were determined by the apostles and the elders at Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in faith and increased in number daily. So we see as they're going, the churches are are strengthened in faith and increasing in number, right? So they're going out in obedience and it's happening. <clears throat> but now verse six, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy spirit to preach the word in Asia, right? Like what, mm. what is the negative? Why, why are they right. forbidden? And, and Paul could have just ramrodded it through, right? Right. Like, no, this is the plan. This is where we're going. We're going to Asia, right? We've been there. It's fruitful. It's open. But the Holy Spirit is forbidding them. Like, no, you're not going. So here we go. Uh, Just because it's a good thing, does that mean it's what God wants me to do, right? Mm -hmm. Just Just because I like that area, just because I've been there before, does that mean that's where I'm supposed to be? Or am I willing to put away what I think, put down my plan, and follow the leading of God. So, um, so then, that verse seven. There's another step, right? After they had come to Myasia, My My Mycia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them, right? So <laughs> they're forbidden, and then they're not permitted. And where we could find discouragement in that, we could find despair. We could say, okay, then what are we doing? But instead, he's continuing. So, so passing by Mycenae, they came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night, a man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision immediately, we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Right. So now we see that this is like a pioneer advancement, right? And bringing the gospel to a place that hasn't been. And, And, and what does it take but it takes obedience, not going there, but going this way. And, um, the call of this guy from Macedonia is come over and help us. Right. So here is Paul, Timothy, Silas, like, you know, world renowned, right? Paul, maybe the most dynamic guy ever after (laughs) Jesus, right? One of the most important guys in human history. And here he is come over and help us. And what does he determine that help is? that help is preaching the word help is bringing the gospel. So there's obedience to the gospel and they go and there's more difficulty, but also now they bring the gospel into a whole new part of the world and they meet a whole new group of people. And it's incredible. So, um, so there there's Paul's obedience in this, this one chapter, not going, but then going yeah, and believing that, what he has to say is the help that these people need.
2: Oh, wow. And, and we crossed into submission there, too. It's, yeah. like, it's like, he who had the ear let me here with the Spirit is saying to the church. You know, obviously, they were in a submitted state to or humbled state to where they were hearing the Holy Spirit as well. I also like the fact that when you look into the details of this, uh, the southwesterly uh, direction was closed down. The northern direction was closed down. The only direction they had left was northwestern. <laughs> when you look <laughs> yeah. at it on the map, it's like, he's like, no, no, no. Yeah, there you go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yep. That's yeah, pretty clear.
2: <laughs> I love Funneling it. it. I love Creating
1: it. like a gauntlet. Yeah. And, you know, I think of two things in what you just said. One, you kind of already said it, but I like to reiterate little nuggets for people listening is that it's not sometimes we wait and wait and wait and end up paralyzed by it with inaction action because we're waiting for this very specific command of a destination or, you know, defining the goal. And really what you see over and over is people coming up with a goal with the right heart and then God redirecting. So the key is not just to wait for him to give you this clear thing before you do anything, but instead to be incredibly open, absolutely open to redirection. Don't mm, be married yeah. to any plan or definition of what this mission success would be. Let Just try. and he's, And as long as you're moving, he's going to keep redirecting mm. you like a GPS just redirects you around and so you're like well I'm going to start I'm going to go over to the grocery store oops nope the GPS is redirecting me all like all the way around I'm not going to question it I'm just going to roll you know yeah, yeah, um, as long as yeah. it aligns with the word and then the other nugget that you alluded to is that come help us and his definition of like the best help he could give is not gospel, improving right. their economic situation or improving mm-hmm. their you know, emotional or mental situation, but instead bring the gospel because yeah. that's the underlying root solution to whatever is ailing us so that we have the right perspective. And I think that that's, that's a key, knowing that you yeah. have this thing.
2: And I, and I think that that also goes into what you said about moving into an area you're going out and evangelizing. And so when you're evangelizing, what are you doing? Like what are you doing? You're sharing the gospel. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like yeah, I'm going to uh, share Jesus. <laughs> right. Yeah, um, we
0: have one message.
2: Yeah, and so it's so like I guess on another note of that, when you would look at your work and you know, sometimes people say that you can't be the apostle Paul, but I mean, we still work like that. You still have pastors that go out there and still move constantly. Um, we come from a beautiful church that has, I think it was what 700 now something churches around the, the world, not mega churches, these, but these little discipleship churches that are definitely going after the gospel. And so what is the, how am I, how am I trying to say this? What's the importance of this? Like, like, what yeah. is the benefit? You know what i say Like, we, okay, let's go share in another country, in another country, in another country. And let's just take it. Let's take it down to our church for a second. Mm-hmm. Why greater grace message going to different places that already have the message? What, what is the, you know, people are always asking why more churches? So why more churches, yeah. Pastor Bailey?
0: It's, it's just this constant, constant trust that God, God has people. And that the gospel is the answer, right? Mm-hmm. Because here where we live in America, we're on the East Coast and there's churches everywhere. Right. But how many times do I meet people that say, like, I don't know this message. I don't know the gospel, right? So mm-hmm. I, think, I think the church as a whole has missed some points, right? There's some amazing churches actually right here in my city where there's four of us in the same quarter mile and the four pastors we get together once a month we pray together we we do evangelistic events together like it's amazing it's amazing but how is it that we go out and we never meet other churches how is it that we go out and we don't we don't see evangelism on a huge scale right like i i, I don't know so that's why we go right yeah i i want to give because people there's,
2: oh, I'm sorry uh, real quick cuz i don't want to go past those four, four pastors cuz it's really important what you're saying right here yeah I, they're from different denominations, correct?
0: Oh, you couldn't be more different, actually. Yeah, I, I think it's totally. important
2: for you to explain like that dynamic because, yeah, that's a, that's actually a a green light. Does that make sense? It's like we're constantly yeah. like in these battles of of denomination, and I think this yeah. is a perfect green light, especially since you're church planting and building churches.
0: Yeah. Like what? I mean, we don't have time for that right now. <laughs> you know, like maybe they, no, I mean, I mean, we do in this conversation, but not yeah. a host, like like the church doesn't have time to be divisive. Right. Like it's time for the gospel. Like and that's it. So so I came into the area and um, another pastor who had just he had just transitioned taking over his church after his father had retired. So he's my age. He's right down the street, less than a mile away. Mm-hmm. um and that's their uh, you know modern church contemporary very contemporary church uh our church non-denominational church and then right down this way there's first baptist church i love that i'm pointing at it i think you guys mm-hmm. know where i'm pointing but uh, <laughs> first baptist church right they've been here 150 years and then another quarter mile down the street there's the anglican church holy trinity anglican church so the four of us um uh, somebody connected us and said, Hey, you guys should do things together. Mm -hmm. And we said we would love to, but what we need to do is take the time to get to know each other. So we took a year of getting together once a month, uh, with our families, uh, and then individually as the four pastors and we would just pray together. And then after that year, we, we realized that we were on the same team, right? (laughs) Like, and we, we had the same vision for the city. So then we started doing these events together where we had, um, we do public prayer meetings. We'd rent a public place um, and open it up to everybody. And we'd have 300 people come out to a prayer meeting. And, um, and then we did a big one at the Common, right at the park down here in downtown. And uh, it was fantastic. So to show, show, and our purpose was let's show our city that the Christian community is united. Mm. And that we're not, we're not divided. We're not fighting, but we're actually on the same team. And we're working together in this one purpose of lifting up Christ and bringing the gospel. Why? Well, because we believe it, right? Mm-hmm. Like we believe it can actually help people, like like the text we have, that the guy in Macedonia said, come and help. And Paul said, okay, I'm going to get my well digging equipment. No, I'm going to get my farm equipment. No, all that stuff's awesome. And we do it. Mm-hmm. But the primary thing, the primary purpose of the church is to bring the gospel. So.
1: Um, one thing that it made me think of, and then you can promise you can continue what you were saying. I'm sorry,
2: sorry. I I I love it. um,
1: One thing that I thought of as soon as Shay asked the question and you started answering is it comes back to the garden that we've started over here and all the ways God's teaching me through this garden that you could technically plant all your seeds for, let's say you could plant all of your tomato seeds at the exact same time. But what's going to happen? They're all going to go through the same stages all at the same time. And then Mm. all of them are going to start fruiting at the same time. And then you're going to have buckets and buckets and buckets of tomatoes. But then when they're done, they're done. And now you're waiting again. So it's feast or famine. Um, But Mm. one thing I see with this consistent, constant, new people coming in and bringing the gospel is you know, you become, you know, people will click with different people. Um, Different churches are going to be at different stages at different times. And so if you're like, well, there's already a church in the zip code. Well, what if that church is struggling with evangelism right now? Mm -hmm. You know, well, if you bring in another one that isn't struggling with evangelism, but maybe does struggle with like, you know, events for youth or whatever, because they're brand new. Well, that other church has that. And so when you start having this same this Mm. unity of mind that we're called to have, then you start collaborating and then we can really see it's not just within the four walls that we need the eye, ear, arm, foot, it's like, no, within this local community of multiple churches that allows people to actually connect with their pastor instead of one pastor for 5,000 people, which would make it very hard to feel connected to your pastor, you know? Instead of that, you have all these different pastors working together and you're like, you know what? This church over here actually has a great youth pastor. And so we collaborate with them. And and this this church has this great pregnancy resource center thing that they do. And so if that's your passion, go collaborative there. And so that's what I'm kind of seeing with what you're saying and this beautiful collaborative effort that you guys are having is that you have that one heart. Um, that it's called it's not just within the four walls of one church that we're called to all have unity. We're called to have biblical unity on what matters. Across the board, so that you could have this experience, not just where you are, but in other cities as well.
2: See, I like that one body, many members. And half the time, our churches think that's within our own body.
1: <laughs> it's right, like, like the local. Yeah, local no one body. else counts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just our
2: body, right. our local right. body. And it's like, okay, that's a cult, y'all. No, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but I love the collaboration. That's why I wanted to stop there. But go ahead, you. If we can even get back on track, but because I think yeah. what you were saying and going into is really important as well. But I, I wanted to stop there because. I'm telling you, we do it down here now with pastor Shibley and, and pastor Zeke, how we blend it together and our youth mm-hmm. meetings are actually at another church. So we get, okay. cause we don't have enough youth. We don't, we don't have that. And so we go and volunteer at the other church and help the youth of another church and they blend together. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool to yeah. see when churches do this and say, Hey, look, we fall short here, but here's some resources that we have that, you know, maybe you're not big enough to have. So that's kind of cool.
0: Yeah. 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 We actually do, uh, the Anglican church down the street, they do a dinner every Saturday night Mm -hmm. for the needy. And it's a beautiful thing. They have an outreach center and people come in and sit down. You, you know, you serve them everything. So they were having a hard time filling up every Saturday night. So we actually took one Saturday. So the fourth Saturday, every month we do the dinner, we cook, we bring the food, we serve, we do everything. And then also they have a emergency food pantry. So whenever they're out of stock, we just do a drive at our church and restock theirs. That's oh, awesome. Wow. Yeah. We that. direct people that way. They direct people our way. And it's cool. Like among the four of us, like, of course we're within a mile and, uh, and we've had a lot of people come through each other's church. And I'd tell you, there's nothing, nothing diffuses anything like saying, I just had a coffee with your pastor last week. He's one of my great friends. Right. Oh, so wow. it's, it shows people that we are together and mm-hmm. the church is together. And I think it relieves a lot of people too. So. Like one guy came up to me. He's like, man, I've been going to this church. I'm like, Oh, it's awesome. Logan's a great preacher. I love that guy. You know? So it's just, I don't know. I think it's healthy. Um, and, and we also recognize that we're all different flavors too. And that's okay. Right. right? Like not everybody's up for the liturgical, not everyone wants the traditional Baptist, but not everyone wants the contemporary either. So it's perfect. And, 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 uh, it's important that we know that.
2: So. See, he said flares. I thought 31 flares. Then I started thinking ice cream. Then it goes back to my analogy, how Jesus is ice cream. So like you guys are ice cream shops, but Jesus is the ice cream. And then people just come in with like the different toppings. That's the blessing. It's kind of cool. Dish it up.
0: Yes. I like just keep it. Keep dishing I love it up. Yeah. yeah. But the topic of evangelism, I mean, I could, I love it. Talk yeah, about go. it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, like what, so the purpose of the church is evan- like one of our purposes is to evangelize. Right. Uh, to take care of the body of Christ, to care for each other, bear one another's burdens, right? Take care of the widows and the orphans, but then also be constantly bringing this message. And I think as a pastor, like to speak to other pastors, like the one of your best tools is evangelism. And it, it works in every, every facet of your ministry. Evangelism should be part of it. Like if you think of discipleship, like you have the opportunity to go with somebody, take some other person, right? A new guy, new woman, whatever, bring them with you and you go out on evangelism and you have guaranteed you're going to have a half hour, an hour just to talk one-on-one. Um, so that's great. A counseling, you know, many counseling sessions have ended with let's grab a stack of tracks and go, go on evangelism. Wow! I love like that when idea. you, when you bring people out on evangelism, sometimes their troubles fade away right mm-hmm. and i'm not saying it's like the, the solution but it does bring your life into context also mm-hmm. when you're out there and you're bringing people um and when you go out and you have to present the gospel like you hear it yourself right? mm-hmm. and how many times have you gone on evangelism and you're like holy cow i needed that like mm-hmm. i just got delivered like i don't even care right. if anybody else heard that but i got delivered and i got to <laughs> preach the gospel to myself again so like uh, discipleship counseling And then like for your own life, if you were feeling like in a slump, stagnant, whatever, go, go out and feel like you're out in the wind, but present the gospel to somebody. You'll walk back different. Like it's, I say it's the biggest Swiss army knife in every pastor's toolbox Mm -hmm. is evangelism. Um, and like, you're just, you're out there, right. You're, you're being, you're visible. Mm -hmm. So, so when we moved to this church, like, the conversation was what is the vision for the church, right? What is the vision for this church? And I said, my vision for this church would be that somebody would drive by anybody would drive by and they would see a face connected to the building. Right? Like, I don't mm-hmm. care what they think of the building. I don't care what they see, but I want them to connect to a person. So mm-hmm. how does that happen? How does it happen that in the community people would know where we are unless we are out meeting them. Right. So, mm-hmm. so that's another thing that we're just out our greatest marketing is that we're out on the street and people know us because we're consistently out there. So
1: I was going to ask about like what the transformation is. Cause that's something else we don't talk about. Then you already did. Um, but this transformation that can happen in the believer that does this because we often focus on what it's going to do for someone else and I think that's the right heart to have is to focus on the servitude aspect who can I serve with this gospel message but you, you hit it right on the head that often when we focus inward I think there was a there was a, a quote recently that you that we heard somewhere. If you look inward, you're going to be depressed. Oh, yeah. If you look at the world, you're going to be distressed. But if you focus on the Lord, you're going to be at rest. Right. And so when we focus on Corey, our own Corey issues, Tannenbaum. Corey, 10 and 10 how do T- you say T- that? Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 There we go. Um,
1: That, that hits this so hard Um, because when we're focused on ourselves and the struggles we face, we're isolated, even if we're surrounded by people, because we're not bringing those, those troubles and people are not being activated to help in those troubles in that moment. And then worst of all, we are not serving others. And the key there is. When everyone's listening and serving, we even had this on a very early episode. Like, right. I think it was like the sacrifice of servitude or something like that, way early.
2: Season one. It's like or season two. one or
1: two. <laughs> um, that when everyone is listening and obeying this call to serve one another in love and, and serve those you don't even know yet, your problems not only shrink mentally. But also the likelihood of someone being able to help you increases because mm-hmm. now it's like, oh, how am I going to carry my own burdens and everyone else's? But if right. other people are also carrying everyone else's burdens, then those equipped to carry your burden with you best do. And then what you're best able to do, you do. And and, and so it just makes so much yeah. more sense. So I'm glad that that you went there. Yeah. In that healing aspect of evangelism, I love doing it. Kind right of, after kind counseling. of cool
2: too, right? Yeah. When you look at Jesus and, and how he moved, um, we'll go to the most, but like Samaritan woman or uh, Zacchaeus or whoever it was, he, he's evangelizing. You know, Jesus is evangelizing, and every time someone he goes into somebody and they start to come into him, now he's sharing in their burden. Mm-hmm. And I think that's amazing how that tree all of a sudden is like, like you said, it just shrinks it. It's like, you know, Jesus is sitting at the well and he's like taking in her burdens like like yeah. he knows she she's hurting. She's out there in the middle of the day or or Zacchaeus has to hike up in a tree. And then, you know, everybody hates him because he took him home. You know, he's like, oh, why yeah. are you with them people? But like we should have that same serve too. I like what you're saying. Yeah. I like that because yeah. I, we tell people all the time in our life group, we're like, we're like, hey, this is cool it's cool to sit here and be together. And I tell them all the time, but you got to turn out. If you, if you want to grow like spiritually, yeah. you've got to turn out and start talking to other people. Yeah. It's it's just a huge part. Like you're saying of our, um, of, the church actually, and how we go out and evangelize, because you see it all through Acts. They're just moving and moving and moving and moving. Yeah. yeah. Even when they get persecuted, they move. And guess what? When they move, they grow. It's like, okay, yeah. you persecuted us. Okay, <laughs> we're going to keep moving. But God, yeah, right. God's got
0: us. I love it. Yeah. yeah like the, and to the point, too, like, why? But why? Why would, I, why would I extend myself? Why would I give up my free time? Why would I, you know, do this outward expression? Why? Well, only because I believe it. Mm, Amen. Like I can do it. I can find a lot of reasons to do it. I can find a lot of reasons to evangelize. I can find a lot more reasons not to. But when it comes down to it, what is the Why do I do it? It's because I believe it. Right. Because I know that my I've been plucked out of a pit and I've been put upon a rock and I've been established in what I'm doing. So Mm. I believe that the gospel is the answer. Right. Christ is the answer. And that's the only reason, because like we talk about evangelism and I said, I say if evangelism is a business model, like it would have been scrapped <laughs> centuries ago, right? Like you wouldn't do it. If you look at the amount of energy and time and resources we put into evangelism and then what we get back from it monetarily, right? If you were to measure it that way, right. nothing. But if you look at the spiritual, mm. the spiritual outcomes in the spiritual life, it's like It's immeasurable. We actually, if we look at it that way, like we're not putting anything in. We're just walking by faith in what Christ has done. And it's, it's incredible. Like I said, the biggest adventure, the biggest adventure you can go on, right? It beats jumping out of a plane, which I haven't done, but it beats (laughs) everything else is walking up to a complete stranger and saying like, do you have a minute to talk about the depth of your depravity? Right. Like, (laughs) or would you like to talk about your eternal destiny? Do you have a minute to talk about your eternal destiny? Right. Like, it's just, it's crazy. And you have no idea what's going on in this person's life. You have no idea what they're going to think about you. And I mean, honestly, we do care, right? Right. Like one of the biggest obstacles is getting over what people think of us. And like once you get going, though, it's like, okay, I don't care. Like that first (laughs) one is like, oh my gosh, this guy's going to think I'm crazy. And then you talk to him and it's like, oh my gosh. So it's the biggest adventure because the one that you think you know the answer to, right? Right like you, you look at this guy coming here, like, all right, I got him sized up. I know what he believes. I know his skepticism. I know, you know, his attitude and you could dismiss it or in obedience say, excuse me, can we talk about, um, uh, some serious stuff as you eat that slush puppy or whatever it is. Right? <laughs> right. And you find out that like, Oh my gosh. Like for example, I, I was, uh, I was downtown here in Marlborough, and. Um, this guy was coming down the street. Right. And I had him sized up. Right. I knew, you know, age demographic, you know, his hat, what was he wearing? What's he representing? Like I, I knew his attitude, the whole thing. I said, Hey sir, do you have a minute to talk? He's like, no. I'm like, all right. I don't want to talk to you either. Right. (laughs) But then, but then I'm like, okay, I had these beads, you know, the, the Christian farmer beads. Yeah. I said, and this guy is like, he's like this, you know, crusty old New Englander. Right. Like he just told me he doesn't want anything to do with me. And I said, well, can I, can I tell you a story with these beads? And I expected him to say, what are you talking about? beads? why would I want beads? And he, the guy melted into a puddle. Right. And he's like, yeah, please. So I told him the gospel with the beads and I was like, can I give you this bracelet? And he goes, how much is it? I was like, no, it's free. Just a reminder of the gospel. And he's like, thank you. And I'm like, who would expect that this guy would want <laughs> beads. And if I would just, depending on my own reasoning and all of this stuff, I wouldn't have stopped. Right. I would, I would have just said, this guy's no good. Yeah. Just keep it going. But instead in obedience where he just says, open your mouth and I'll fill it. We just say by faith, Hey, and then God opens the door. God does something. So it's the best adventure. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun. Yeah. So, uh, hey, what's on your yeah, wrist? Is,
2: is that, is that one of them on your wrist?
0: Or is that something? No, this one is uh, the WHJD. Okay. What what has Jesus done? I I like the what has Yeah. Usually,
2: usually people who do the beads thing, they always have one of those. They wear one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Because you never know when. It's like (laughs) the perfect (laughs) prop. It is. Yeah. It it is actually
2: really good. Oh, they're great. I'm sh- shouting them out to Christian farmers. Uh, yeah, check them out because they got some good, great resources on how to share the gospel. Because he's going to get yeah, Oh, they're
0: incredible. I got <laughs> one. <laughs> I love this. He's going to go
2: find one because they're 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 like really cool. So
1: yeah, we actually sat. Because we got married on the farm of someone who was really, really involved in Christian Farmers. And so we took home bags of bees. So Mr. (laughs) Lippy. There they they
0: are. Yeah, there they are. That's it. There they are. It's like this little thing. You look at it, you're like, man, that is just corny. Like what? But then this thing like stops people in their tracks. Yes. And we have people come back. and They're like, can I have two more? I'm going to go home and explain this to my parents or whatever. So these little babies are awesome.
2: I think we need to hit them up and get
0: some. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I think that what you just said about understanding the value and that's why you go out. It reminds me of a story. Um, I used to work at a career center on a college campus. And one of the things my least favorite assignment was after I had designed all these little handouts, I had to cut them into little, you know, six by six squares and hand them out to all the students. I become a senior. You know, I've been doing it a long time, and something clicked in my head. And I was like, this isn't just something I have to do, I have something that will help these mm-hmm. students. Like, I was starting to learn more about the events I was promoting, and they're helping people learn how to put their best foot forward, how to research, getting a job, what question to ask, how to answer, you know, very valuable stuff. And I thought about it and I was like, what am I? Yes, I'm handing you a piece of paper, but what am I really handing you? And why am I really out here? And why does my boss really want me on this sidewalk to help these other kids Mm -hmm. get jobs and internships like I got? what did the gospel do for you? That's why you're yeah. out there. Cause it's like 12% of people know this thing and most don't even know your church exists. Get out there and let them know the truth about Jesus. You know, mm-hmm. and, and, and I think that that's the difference. That's the nuance <laughs> between, be, he hates the word nuance, between being you know seeing it as just a strictly a requirement Versus it's not a suggestion And I don't I wouldn't care if it was Because I understand the value
0: Mm. Yeah like the stakes are high The stakes are that high And we have the answer Like my god How many people are looking for an answer For anything in their life Mm. Like the world we live in Is just chaos Yeah Everybody's just like Plugging in garbage Ooh pantry podcast Just (laughs) plugging in garbage (laughs) Just plugging it in, they're like, "Nope, doesn't work. Nope, doesn't work. Nope, doesn't work. Nope." And we're over here like, "Hello, we yes. have an answer. His name is Jesus, right?" right. And they say, "Stop, you weirdos!" And we're like, "No, we'll never stop. <laughs> Think whatever you want, but we right. we're free, right? I have the joy of the Lord. I have an answer. I have, I have it, right? To fear, to anxiety, to death, we have the answer. To sin, to forgiveness, like all of it is in the gospel, and it's the the glorious message that He's given us." It's uh, oh, oh,
2: incredible. It's so incredible. Like this whole time, I'm, I'm sitting here with James. You know, the, one of the books where people always fight or whatever, like can't understand it. It's like yeah. this episode has really taken thus also faith by itself. It does not have works is dead, right? It's yeah. like, it's like hold on, yeah. but hold on. No, see, people sit there and, we, and it's like one of those verses that, that they'll try to explain in the pulpit all the time and they'll go through yeah. all this stuff. This just explained it. Yeah. This just explained it. We yeah. have a message. We have the gospel. We Jesus gave us the answer to share to people him. Yeah. And like so why would I not like faith without works? No, it's not really works. I, I sit there sometimes and I'm like this is fun. This is really like <laughs> yeah, it's right? not works. It's a different mentality. It's like hold on. We have this message and and I've I've loved everything that I've heard today because it's just amazing to know that you know what there's a need there is a need. Um, yeah. If we if we if we don't know it, okay. Well, I mean, maybe you live in a hole. <laughs> I mean, maybe you're a hermit. But I, I said that the other day, and I said, yeah. But then somebody shows up on the mountain and tells you everything, and now you're now you're just as distressed. You're stressed you have out. You're do with all else. at once, right? It's like, <laughs> right. ah. But uh, there is a need, and and you know, yeah. we we never say we're we're better than anyone, but we're better off. Mm-hmm. We have that answer. Um, and so, it, is there anything that you would want to tell people? As, as we're wrapping this up, that is just on your heart, the spirits laid there that like you just want to give them one shout out or shout to go.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's just what you said. Like, do we really believe this? Mm-hmm. Right. And if we can go back to like, OK, what do I believe? And it's like, well, do I really believe that God created me? Do I really believe that God sent Christ into the world? Do I really believe that he went to the cross for me? Do I really believe that he paid for my sins? He overcame death. He resurrected. He ascended. He seated. Do I really believe he's going to come and take me home? Do I really believe that he's coming back? Like when I really put my faith in these things, then I, I turn around and I say, oh, my gosh, it changed me. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh, it changed me. And then I look at the world different. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a whole different viewpoint. It changes my viewpoint. That's what it does. So, and then the gospel doesn't become an accessory or, you know, a thing that the church does once a year, but the gospel becomes the imperative and it's the thing that we bring. There's a story I love to tell and you know, her, uh, Sandy, oh, yeah. Sandy Lee chair rock, right? Yes. So we were out on evangelism on a Saturday night downtown and, uh, this little lady came bopping down the road, right? Just, <laughs>
1: She did. And we were like, she
0: bopped. Oh my gosh. Her hair was like three feet tall and she was like four feet tall. Right. So we, we see her coming. I was next to my cousin and I said, man, we can't, this lady, we can't let her slide by without seeing what she's all about. Right. So we go to talk to her. No joke. No joke. We go to talk to her. She tried to run away from us into the road. Almost got hit by a bus. No joke. Oh we God. pulled her off the road. We said, why did you run into the road? Why did you get hit by the bus? She's like, I don't want to talk to you guys. And we're like, okay. But, you know, we're not that bad. that It's better to get hit by a bus than talk to us. Right. So. So over the weeks, every week we'd see her same spot. We were there every Saturday night, same spot. And we are just, like, hey, Sandy. Hey. And she'd just be like, nope. And then one night she took the headphones off. She's like, what is it? What is it? And we gave her the gospel. right? gave her the gospel. And then she started hanging out with us. We had we used to call it church on the turf. We would have an outdoor church service on Saturday night. And uh, so she became part of the group. She would come and then like radically, she came to church on Sunday morning and she got saved. Mm. She got saved, right? Imperfect, right? Like all of us, but she got saved. And then I'm probably, might've been five years later, years later, I'm standing on the same street corner with Sandy. Wow. And she's got a stack of tracks in her hands. And this, this girl stopped, get this, goes, I love your hair. Right? I'm like, hey, I said that to you five years ago. Right? So I said, you almost got hit by a bus. So you actually talked to that girl. But, but she turns <laughs> around and she gives the girl the gospel. She goes, thank you. And She gives the girl a track and she goes, do you know that Jesus loves you? And I step back and I said, what in the world has happened? I said, Sandy, how is it that five years ago you would rather get hit by a bus than talk to somebody about the gospel? But now here you are giving tracks to people and preaching the gospel to people. I said, what did, what happened? And she goes, well, I used to look at people and say, I would just be annoyed by them and want to avoid them. But now I look to people and I say, it's possible they're going to hell. And I have the answer for it. Mm. Mm. Powerful. And I'm like, that's it. Right. That's the whole thing. Right? right. As imperfect as we are, as much as we mm. struggle with things, but has Christ changed my world, my worldview? And, wow. yeah. if, and the gospel is the only thing that'll do it. And it'll change the way I think it'll change the way I look at people. It'll change the way I, I carry myself. Like Jesus said to Peter, right. When you were younger, you went wherever you wanted to go. You did whatever you wanted to do. But when you're older, another will support you and carry you where you would rather not go. So I think of that in evangelism all the time, right? Like I would rather, I'd rather be at home with my kids, like doing something, but instead I'm going to go out on this corner and talk to people who don't want to talk to me. Right. But how do I get to that that place of how do I get to the point where I value that and where that's become part of my life? Only because Christ has changed my life and He's pulled me out of a pit. He changed my worldview. He changed my destiny. And that's the whole thing. So to leave it with that, like like to say confidently, like believers, leaders, pastors, your faith is lacking. You're missing the you're missing part of your salvation by not being on evangelism. Right, Mm. not because you're doing anything, but because Christ can pour stuff in through your life that you and you'll see things you never thought you could have seen. Another thing, one more story. We got yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Come on, right down there, right down on the Walking Street, right downtown. Right there's this. You know, you walk to you know that little alleyway. Yeah, Silver Spring. You know that little alleyway to get to the parking garage in the middle of the downtown. So we're there Christmas time, singing Christmas carols in that little cove because the acoustics were good. So we we're singing some Christmas carols, and these two guys walk up. They're just yeah, they're drunk and high. And just it's Saturday night; they're having a good time. Um, so we stopped them. We said, "Hey guys, you got a minute to talk?" And one guy's like, "No, no, 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 no!" Like and he just kept moving. One guy stopped, and his eyes were red. He's like squinting. He can't stand up straight. He's bobbing. Yeah, you know, he's like, he looks like a boxer out there, just bobbing and weaving nothing. <laughs> and uh, so we gave him the gospel, and he believed. He did. Like Uh he truly believed and we prayed with him there on the spot. And I'm not always, I'm not always just praying with people just to say the prayer, but I'm saying this guy got saved and he prayed, he opened his eyes, his eyes opened, bing, wide open, clear as day. He said, what the heck did you just do to me?
1: Mm. Wow.
0: And we said, what do you mean? He said, I'm not drunk anymore. What did you do to me? And he was honestly scared. He's like, what did you just do to me? And we said, man, that was Jesus. That was Jesus. And he just, he hung out with us for like the next hour because he was blown away by, by that. So like, you don't see that stuff unless you're out. That doesn't happen every time. It's happened like a few times in my life, but I've seen it and I've only seen it because I was obedient to go and that's it. Mm. So, okay. Are we obedient to go? And then do we believe that the message we have is helpful to people? If we do, Man, we're gonna be we're gonna be making an impact in the world we live in. Yeah. that's awesome.
2: We we hit a lot in this last I episode know. of the and season. Uh, well, listen to last actually, guest episode I, uh, of the uh, season. Yes, yeah. but check this out. We hit obedience, submission, going to help, gospel, right? Coming together as churches. <laughs> new churches doesn't <laughs> <I know>. mean like <laughs> a new church doesn't mean they're a wrong that's, church. Uh, it Doesn't mean the other churches are wrong, right? Uh, then we, what else? Availability, sharing is healing, and then transformation. Yeah. Wow. Wow, that was a conference right there. That's that's right? good. That's that's good stuff. Welcome to and, the pantry. Yeah, welcome to the pantry. Uh, <laughs> man, man, I, feel pass- so,
0: I feel so well fed.
2: I right, know. Look, we got nutritious. noodles. We got rice.
1: <laughs> we got some onions hanging in the corner. We got it all.
2: Or, I turn, or, 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 or soy sauce, butter, and rice. I turned my daughter on to soy Gee. sauce, butter, and rice lately, hey. and a, 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 a over easy egg on top, and she's just like, Baba, I love. But anyways, and now we talked about our daughter's food, and now everybody's. Now hungry. you got a free so now recipe. Y'all can go. I know. So, so seriously,
1: thank you, Pastor Bailey. Yes, thank you thank so much, much for being here. This has been. I mean, look, what a way to end with a feast. Yes. And let people know real quick the, the website for your church so that people can connect with you guys.
0: Yeah, So you can look us up at uh, ggcfmarborough.org.
1: Awesome. And that's
0: M-A-R-L-B-O-R-O.
1: And that'll be in our show so, notes as well, and at thepantrypodcast dot um, Surely this won't be the last time you're on, considering no. you're like you've now qualified as a feast chef. <laughs> so you know, um, I know, but yeah. And then so, I'll see
0: you guys down there hopefully soon, or yeah. and then yeah. you guys can come up here sometime. I think that we're has gonna, to happen. I think on let's, on
2: plan, on. let's plan let's plan that like soon. Yes, soon. yes, yeah. yeah that'd be a great. Fall drive. Yeah.
1: But anyway, thank you on guys for road. listening. Let us know what you think. About all this. What was your favorite story? Because it has to be dropped a lot. All right, guys. Till next time. Bye. Bye. All right. Thanks for listening to the show. Subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast and catch other great shows on the Edify app, Spark Radio, Uplifted, and Eternity Ready Radio.